Welcome, folks, to another episode of Tailboard Talk Podcast. Today's going to be a little bit different of an episode. It's going to be a solo episode. I am going to be your only host today because Denver is out because he is not feeling good. And we're not going to rush him getting better. We're going to let him take his own time and get better, you know, in his own time and in his own way. That way, you know, nothing's rushed, nothing's missed. Um, Today, what we're going to do is we're just going to get on here and talk a little bit. I, uh, as usual, hop on to your podcast listening platform, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Anchor. Um, uh, we got a few videos on YouTube. Uh, we've been live on TikTok a few times. Um, yeah, hop on. Give us a couple likes, reviews, rate us. Uh, tell us where you're from. Tell us what you think about the podcast. Tell us what you'd like to hear next. You know, we're always looking for episode suggestions, and, you know, we've, we've done a few already. We've even had a few special guests on here. Um, as far as that's concerned, uh, like I said, go ahead, don't be shy. If it was for being shy, I wouldn't be on here today. So, without any further, we're going to go ahead and get on with today's subject. I decided that we're going to do something that... It's kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, that is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's it's kind of a episode not built for everybody. Um, so, 1974 is when Dungeons and Dragons, the fantasy role-playing game, came out. It was created by an American game. It created by American game designers, Ernest Gary. I don't know. I can't say these names. And it was published that year by their own company, Tactical Study Tactical Studies Rules (TSR). And it was finally acquired in '97 by Wizards of the Coast. It's a subsidiary of Hasbro. So, what it is is it's it's what they call a, a tabletop role play game. Now, tabletop role play, what is that? So, when you think about Dungeons and Dragons, you know, you you think about a bunch of nerds sitting around a table, dressed up, uh, pretending to fight each other with swords, and it's, it, it, again, it's not for everybody, but not every table's like that. You know, hell, some tables are, are virtual, some tables you know, do exist physically, and like mine, I, I've never sat down at a table and played Dungeons and Dragons, but I have played virtually, you know, and it's it's one of those things to where it's not for everybody, it's not, but you can use it in multiple, multiple ways, like it, it, it has been such a a good therapy uh, tool for me to use. So when you play Dungeons and Dragons, it's all based around dice. Okay, so there's there's multiple different dice you can roll for multiple different items, and it's it's interesting, you know. So you've got everything from you got a coin that you can roll. It's kind of a, a yes or no thing heads or tails you got four six 
8, 10, 12, 20, 30, 100, 120. Uh, you got a percentile dice, you know, and the numbers I was just saying is how many sides is on each particular dice, okay? And it really, it, it's very intimidating whenever you start to think about it. And, you know, oh, what dice do I roll for this? It's easy. You In, in the edition that, you know, that I play now, which is fifth edition, um, everything's based around the 20-sided die. So, you know, everybody has what they call an AC. Okay, it's an armor class. So in order to to do anything you have to roll at least that number okay so basic rolls you know you can only roll as high as a 20. so with that being said if this particular say you wanted to i don't know say you were fighting somebody and you wanted to swing your sword at them and hit them or shoot your crossbow at them or hell even shoot a pistol at them you know whatever the case may be so you want to swing a sword at somebody and aim for their arm. All right. Well, if their particular armor set that they're wearing, armor, the race of character, the class of character, um, their armor class would probably be, say, 11, hypothetically. So if you roll an 11 or higher, you hit. That is your roll to hit. Okay. If you roll a 10 or lower, you cause zero damage, okay? And it's a pretty much the discretion of the dungeon master. Dungeon master being the, the game master, you know, he's the one that runs the game. The narrator, okay? So it's up to him on whether, you know, whether or not you actually hit him and don't do any damage or you completely miss or whatever. Then you go into critical. So if you roll a natural 20, okay, or a natural 1, that is the highest and the lowest that you can naturally roll on that dice. And I say natural because there's modifiers involved. So if you roll a natural one, it does not matter your modifier. You're going to trip and fall and cut yourself on the way there. If you roll a 20, it's perfect. You're going to hit and you're going to do the maximum amount of damage. Now, with that being said, okay, that's all natural stuff. Then you start going into your modifiers. Say you're a... Uh, your character is proficient with, uh, I don't know, simple melee weapons. It would be like a sword, like a short sword or something. So if you had, like, proficiency in something, then your modifier would be, or, or your uh, attribute scores, you know, they would give you a certain modifier and certain things. So say you had a plus two modifier, okay? So you would roll a 15 plus two is 17. So it just gives you better odds, okay? Or if, if you were to roll a, a nine. You have a plus two modifier, which bumps it up to an 11, which matches that particular person's AC score. And you actually hit. So those modifiers, they can come in handy. And uh, they also come in handy, you know, your modifiers and your rolls whenever you want to figure something out. Say there was a, there was a puzzle, you know, something that your, your uh, GM, your game master has not had a physical reaction for but you know it's something like hey you know your character comes up to a, a lock okay do you want to try to pick the lock yeah i want to pick the lock all right well roll me you know performance or something you know the such and your modifiers just give you a better chance of going over that particular item's uh ac score 
Okay. Now, whenever you want to investigate something, you know, sometimes it'll, it's a DC. Okay. And I'm not quite sure what DC means, but you'll have to roll past that. Okay. So like if you wanted to break a lock, all right. You know, if it was a, a high end, you know, super special lock, you know, it might have a higher DC. You know, if it's a just piece of wire pulled around the, the door, it might be, you know, like a two, you know, and it all depends, you know, sometimes like, because I, I, I've run games more than I play games. So it's what I normally do is I roll two D twenties and then I take those two numbers. And if you roll lower than the lowest one, it's a fail. If you roll in the middle, it's kind of shaky. If you roll higher than the highest one, then you're perfect. You know, you don't waste as much resources. You don't do stuff like that. And that, that's kind of my general rule of thumb on that. So to take it a step further, you know, you've got your rolling, you've got, you know, I, I completely skipped over everything. So once you actually start into Dungeons and Dragons, you go through, you know, character creation. Okay. So there's multiple classes, multiple races, multiple backgrounds, multiple everything if you can think it you can build it okay and that's the cool thing about dungeons and dragons and it's ever changing so especially with you know the internet now everything's on the internet you can go on there you can look up source books you can look up monsters you can look up backgrounds magic items feats races equipment vehicles whole nine yards okay it, it it's amazing you've got just to name a few of my favorite classes, you got artificers. I, I'm probably going to mispronounce a bunch of this shit. So you got artificers, you got rogues, rangers, blood hunters. Uh, you know, you go in, you can look at all the races of different creatures that you can play. You can play dragonborns. Dragonborns are, are, uh, they're erect standing dragons in humanoid form. Okay, they don't have wings or tail, but you know, if, if you've ever played something like Elder Scrolls or, or, or hell, even uh, Fallout, Fallout, you know, is like a, it, it's it's actually extremely close to Dungeons and Dragons. Another game that's very close to it, uh, Grand Theft Auto. You know, a lot of people don't think about these RPG games, these role play games, you know, like that. But you can play dwarves, elves gnomes half elves half orcs humans tieflings um there's new things called uh leonin i think that's how you pronounce it they're lion-like humanoids okay you've got uh let's see here what's another one what's another one owlin they're uh owl folk they're owls you got aracocras i think that's how you said aracocras something they're winged people okay and there you can be an eagle or you can be uh an osprey i mean it, it, it's crazy you can be a genasi which is it, it's like a like an airbender or something you know um changelings centaurs bugbears are hands down one of my favorites they are uh they're really big though they're really big but really proficient in stealth which is kind of an oxymoron okay but they're really great you got uh uh fairies you can be let's see herringons those are some new things they're uh they're rabbit people 
You can be goblins, hobgoblins, kobolds, lizard folk, uh, a minotaur, all sorts of different types of elves, uh, tabaxis, which is like a cat people, uh, turtles, which is turtle people. Um, and there again, you can literally, if you can think it, you can make it. Okay. And, uh, I'm just kind of scrolling through Warforged. That's another one. It's like, uh, think about Terminator 2. Okay. Think about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Terminator 2. That is the best uh, definition I can give somebody that's never played this and on, you know, what a Warforged is. You got uh, Loxodons, they're humanoid elephants, you know, and it, the sky is the limit. And then once you pick your your uh, race, you know, you pick your race and then you go in after you pick your race and you pick your class. Okay. Now I'm kind of walking through this as, you know, it's been a little bit since I've done a character creation here, but you know, you go through, you pick your race, you pick your class. And again, classes, artificer, uh, barbarian, bard, cleric, druid, fighter, monk, paladin, ranger, rogue, sorcerer, warlock, wizard. You know, it's, it's crazy. It, you pick that, you set your abilities, you pick, you completely customize your character description wise, and then you pick your equipment and then you hop into the game. Once you hop into your game, you know, it's it, the world of opportunity is at your fingertips. Now, whether you're playing as a player or you're running the game as a dungeon master, it, it, I don't want to say it varies because both roles are fun, but definitely both roles have their perks. Now, as a dungeon master, dungeon master, game master, whichever you decide to call yourself, um, you're the one running the game. You're the one that ultimately decides what each role means. You're the one that ultimately decides what each role does, you know? So, I haven't played a lot. Now, what got me into Dungeons & Dragons, I used to sit back and, uh, oh, man, y'all are nerds, y'all are fucking this stupid, I ain't never doing this, you know, yada, yada, yada. Well, I had a buddy get me into it, and I played one of the early, early, early editions on Facebook Messenger, to be honest with you. We, uh, we had a, a group that had people from like texas and like iowa like i mean it was weird like you know my first time and then you know i kind of got in there we played one of the original editions um named os well it's a, a remaster of an original edition it's called osric and uh and then i went to play in like 3.5 and then you know did a couple other first edition versions then I got, you know, I kept hearing about 5th edition. And I was like, hell yeah, man, I want to play the, the newest one. I, you know, it sounds interesting. Let's, let's, let's do this. Well, I actually started getting into it. And I was like, well, there's nobody running the games I want to run. So I decided, you know what? Hell with it. I'm going to do it my damn self. 
Well, I did. And so far, I've I've run quite a few games. I say quite a few. I've run three or four, you know, successful games. Um, I play, like, like I was saying, you know, now none of these are paid advertisements. Discord has revolutionized, you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons. And me and my group actually play through Discord. It's a casual base game, so we're, we play whenever we get a minute. There's nothing saying we have to be on there at 7 p.m. at night. Excuse me, 7 p.m. Of course, it's damn at night, p.m. Um, there's nothing saying that at 7 p.m. I have to be on there. You know, it's I'll get on there and my group, you know, if they're on there, it's cool. If not, you know, I'll kind of update the game and then they come in later. It's all text-based it may take us a week to do five minutes a game or, or it might take us 10 minutes to do three days of game. You know, it, it really, it depends. It, the way we play it, like I said, is a casual style of game. It's a casual style of game. And with that, I'll go as far to say, I like it to an extent because there's time for everything, okay? There's there's time in the game. So if you think about it, each section, each, whenever you go into what's called initiative, that's when you're fighting, instead of everybody being like, oh, I want to do this, oh, I want to do this. You know, it's like, okay. So everybody rolls a 20-sided dice, and then you put your modifier in there, and then, you know, whoever's got this number goes first. Whoever got this number goes second. Whoever's got this number, you know, yada, yada, yada. Well, that's how that's called initiative. And, you know, when you get into initiative, you're waiting on that one person. Sometimes that person's on their shit or sometimes that person's going to take a day or two. You know, you never know what that person has going on in their everyday life. But as for the casual game, that's okay. You know, everybody has something going on. Everybody. And that's not a bad thing. I don't say that as a bad thing. But, you know, it can either delay the game or, you know, hey, man, I'm going to hop on here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack this no with a short sword. You know, I got two attacks. I'm going to attack them twice and then I'm going to run my distance this way, whatever. All right. Well, you get on there, you swing your sword, you hit or you miss. You do your damage or you don't, you know, you do your action, and then you go on with yourself. You know, it's it, it's that easy, and it's simple, especially being casual. Like I said, now sit down games. You know, that's what I call a sit down game. Would be like, okay, we're gonna be on here Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday at five o'clock on voice have your dice ready this that and yawn yeah it happens i tried it my schedule's too fucked up to have that kind of game in my life i really want that kind of game in my life but i don't have the luxury of a nice schedule now with that being said i say that a lot without that being said so i'm actually uh trying to get a game together in town there's a place that uh, I know that sounded really Joe Dirtish, you know, <laughs> town. Anyway, uh, in town there's a place that 
they have a spot open for a dungeon master. So I'm like, well, I might go and see what this is about. Or, you know, I might kind of hang out of this one. But I'm, I'm, damn, I would really, really love to get an in-person game going. Like once every two weeks, go in there, sit down for a couple hours, play games, you know, build a good story. That That's something that I don't think I've talked about yet. The story building, the world building, it's it, it, it's massive, okay? You know, it's not like, all right, so those of you that play video games, so if you've played Minecraft, okay, it's literally just like Minecraft, all right? Add Minecraft to Elder Scrolls to... Uh, Grand Theft Auto, all these free roam games, add them all together, and you might scratch the surface of what Dungeons and Dragons is. It's awesome. Now, granted, you know you get what's called rules lawyers, and sometimes you know it's it's kind of hard. You know, you're like, well, oh, well, you're not supposed to be able to roll this twice. Well, I'm gonna quit if you're gonna roll it twice. Well, it's not your call. You know, it's the dungeon master's call. And me, I'm a very laid back dungeon master. If you want to, if you mess something up, like if you did a fluke on something and you want to halfway redeem yourself, okay, cool. Let's talk it out. Let's figure it out. Let's see where we're going to go from here. Okay. Because it's a game. All right. It is a game. Nobody pays to play in my games. My games are all free. Uh, if you can't enjoy yourself in the game, then why are you doing it? You know, and when you go into a game and you have a, a quote unquote rules lawyer, the fuck's the point? I mean, seriously, you're going in there, you're, whether you mean to or not, you're purposely ruining other people's fun time in the game. Because they're constantly having to relook stuff up. Man, I don't remember if this is exactly right, but I don't want to upset so-and-so, you know, whenever I try to do this this way and it's wrong. No, the hell with that. Come on in. Let's talk. Let's let's play this game, you know. that That is how I had like a level three druid or something one time turn into a freaking dragon, okay. That, you know, it was way out of line for the rules of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. But my characters were happy. It made for some damn good role play. It did wonders for my story. And it was just amazing. You know, the story, I don't remember a lot of the actual, like, little bitty details, but the story pretty much, they found a young dragon, and there was uh, something special about this dragon. I can't remember what it was. There was something to do with mermaids and... uh, damn like pirates and cultists and a bad guy in the town and anyway the mother dragon came in and they were like we're gonna take your daughter and the dragon was like nope and then you know bad shit happened to the dragon um but it it was very uh very interesting you know it really made me as a, a very inexperienced i don't say i'm experienced now but at this point, this was one of my first games running. You know, I was an extremely, extremely unexperienced dungeon master. 
inexperienced dungeon master, my bad. And it really made me sit back and go, wow, that probably should not have happened. Okay, well, let's sit back and think about why it shouldn't have happened. Let's think about how we got there. And let's see how we can very smoothly kind of not do that again in the future. So, you know, you sit back, think about it. You're like, you know, damn, yeah, yeah, probably shouldn't happen like that. But it did. But it was pretty cool. But I had a rules lawyer and he did not like it afterwards. And yeah. Needless to say, that campaign didn't last long. Um, I'm actually in one right now that I've done. And this is the third campaign I've done with this particular group of people. And it's this one right here. I kind of didn't have a plan about it. I'm kind of going into it. And I've pretty much made my story by now. But I did not go into this one with a story. I built my starting area you know i i pretty much took a map of your basic ass dungeons and dragons sword coast map and then i i have a book it's a random encounters book that has different uh different encounters like little you know interactions it's got different stores and shops and you know, and it goes pretty in depth on some things. There's some random things in there that you can roll for to see which one happens. So everything's always different. But I built that and I built it around the city of Fandolin. And it was very interesting to me because I was able to actually sit back. My group was waiting on me, but I was able to sit back without any players in the world and create the world. Okay, now. I created the the outline of the world. Now, whenever you create something in D&D, all you're doing is creating a skeleton. So everybody likes to say the dungeon master has to be a hell of a storyteller. The dungeon master is not the one telling the story. Okay, he gives the skeleton. He gives the ending plot. You know, he gives the bones of the story. But it is up to the players to actually tell that story. Okay, it is up to the players to sit back and go, you know what? There's a big bad evil guy in town. He's recruiting mermaids to push his agenda in the high seas to find this, you know, to to keep people out of his area because he's in a um, a coastal area. You know, they're they're trying to keep people out of his area for him, and in return, he adds to their ranks with more merfolk and then you know there's other bad shit going on but that's that's pretty much the plot of it and there oh there was a a, a evil mage named bathazar that made a deal with the city of candor that they will have nothing but health and prosperity for 100 years but on the 100th year He's coming in and he's taking over the city and he is doing what he pleases. Well, the mayor of the city did not, he, you know, he made the deal. He did not expect to be alive in a hundred years. Well, a hundred years came, Bathazar came back, city was in peril because right around year 95, I think I said, uh, the mayor 
turned into a really, you know, shitty guy. You know, he was trying to drive people out of his town and nobody realized why. Well, all he was trying to do was save the people. He wasn't, he, he was, he was taking it upon himself to, uh, give Bathazar a very bad area already where he didn't have to go in and corrupt everything. He already had the corruption there. He didn't hurt the good people. So trying to drive out the good people, you know, made enemies and, you know, my group came in and they really threw some monkey wrenches into shit. It was like, eh, you probably shouldn't have done that. You know, I didn't, I didn't expect you to do that. But back to what I was originally saying, you build this area, but, and, and you want your players to stay in, in this particular railroad track. But that's the thing about Dungeons and Dragons. It's not a railroad track video game. It is not, um, think about Call of Duty. All right, Call of Duty, the campaign of Call of Duty, it is very strict on where you can and can't go, how you progress, when you progress, this, that, and yon. So that is what's called railroad tracking, okay, in Dungeons and Dragons world. So when you railroad track your people, it, it takes the fun out of it. If, I, if, if my character wants to, hypothetically, right now in the campaign I'm running, they just ran into a flower that is around a gate to another, like, plane of existence if they have fey ancestry which is fairy ancestry they can eat the flower and then they can for two days they can see the true intentions of everybody that walks past them now without fey ancestry they if they ingest the flower they go mad for for 48 hours like they it, it really turns them loopy well when when you really think about it, in a video game, better yet, Resident Evil. You get shit in Resident Evil that you can't use until the end of the damn game. That irks me to no end. Resident Evil, like the original Resident Evil, like PlayStation 1 and 2, all right? And then Silent Hill, part one. You know, you got shit in that game you couldn't use for hours, you know, and you couldn't use it till the end of the damn game. Now, back to what I was saying about this flower. They got this flower. The one that's actually carrying it right now, if I'm not mistaken, does not have fey ancestry. Now, if they were to come up against, you know, a couple human, you know, enemies. In theory, they can use that flower as a weapon. They can, you know, rub that flower all over the end of an arrow or something, shoot one of the enemies and they would be, you know, driven mad and turned on their friends, you know, they, they can use it to their advantage. Your mind is the limit on as far as you can go. And that, my friends, that is what I love. You can do anything. It's really good. So that's actually been used by some uh, veteran association uh, entities as a therapy slash coping mechanism, okay? So you get all these veterans coming back home and they don't know what to do with themselves. They're scared to talk to people. They don't feel like they fit in. This, that, and yon. They're just like me. You know, they're just like me. Combat-related PTSD. They don't, they don't want to do things that other people do. They damn sure don't want to go sit in a crowded room for a couple hours. Well... They find a friend that's in the Dungeons and Dragons online and they 
go in and they they sit down and they figure it out. Well, then they go in and they figure out they're good at role playing, like I did. Then they realize, man, these people that I'm playing with, man, this guy's from Corpus Christi, Texas. This guy's from Ohio. This guy's from damn Canada. You know, they don't know who I am. They don't even know my real damn name. So you know what? My character, okay, not me, Jeremiah Spencer, but my character, Thardek the Clanless, okay, or my character, Bunsen, you know, whatever the character is, that character has the background of your war stories. That character can be your outlet to say, hey, I did X, Y, and Z in another country, but instead of saying, you know what? I did very bad things to very bad people in this country of origin. Your character has a soldier background or a Marine background. Okay. Your character fought in this massive battle. Okay. Your character did X, Y, and Z to the bad folks in a different area, you know, and you're going in. Yes. It is very hard to do. I am not going to sit here and say it's easy. I'm not going to sit here and say it's fun at first. But you go in having a bad day and you're like, you know, my character did, you know, my character was. All right, let, let's go a little bit private here. I was uh, in Afghanistan in 2014. We were 14 Tac 2 uh, Operation Enduring Freedom. So we was in Southern Helmand Province at uh, Camp Leatherneck. We were the last infantry battalion out of Camp Leatherneck. That's where I'm going to stop with the details. So I can go in and be like, you know, my character was, you know, in the year, whatever, you know, the prefix is, you know, 1614, the second deployment out to go fight, you know, a, uh, I don't know, uh, an army of halflings. Okay. My character, I was a truck driver. So my character, you know, did the, he transported all the, the extra arrows and the transported the, the reinforcements into the front lines. Okay. You know, so there, there's a, there's always, you're always able to make a direct correlation from your character to your past, okay? And depending on how much you've told your group, they may not even know you was military. They may not know you was fire, EMS, police, uh, corrections, dispatch, nothing. But they do know that <coughs> Bunsen, Jeremiah's character, <clears throat> wanted his whole life to ride a chariot into battle with a crossbow on his back helping his friends get out of the hot zone. Okay. Get out of the, get out of the volleys of arrows, you know? And when you put it in like that, number one, it makes for damn good role play. It helps keeps the game going. You know, you can get in there, you can talk, you can do all this and nobody knows, you know, fact from fiction. Now on the second part of that, it makes it easier to, for lack of better terms, it makes it easier to justify. Okay. It makes it easier to justify the things you've done because not only are you telling it a different person or a different, uh, 
uh, you're, you're telling it in a different way. I don't know any 10 cent words for this, but not only are you telling it in a different way, you're also looking at it from others' perspectives when you're doing that. When you're using your own story as an action or a background for your character, you're able to look at it from multiple, multiple more perspectives. perspectives so then when you look at it and you're like okay i did this i don't feel right about it i really feel shitty about how i did this 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 and this you can look at it and be like okay but that townsfolk that my character didn't even know about was dependent on this happening so it, it really helps and i really hate to be like this but it really helps to justify in your own mind in another setting the same actions that's happened. So that's why, and I'm going to go ahead and end with that, but that's why as therapy, Dungeons and Dragons, in my opinion, has been one of the most helpful entities that I've come across. Now, with that being said, there's also the violence aspect. Yeah, everybody's like, all Dungeons and Dragons is, is fighting dragons and dungeons and that, 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 be honest with you, I've never even been in a dungeon in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Okay, it's not always fighting. There is a lot of role play. There's a lot of mystery, and having to figure out your next move, having to strategically think about how to do things. Okay, when you walk through a door, you're going to check for traps. You know, when you talk to someone, you're going to roll and see if you can tell if they're lying to you. Okay. And if they're telling the truth, you might want to ask another question. Oh, but wait, another townsfolk comes up, but he has ill intentions. So then, you know, you get your general consensus from your group. Do we want to fight these people? Do we not want to fight these people? It it, it can get very in-depth. But as for this particular episode, I have done and talked my piece about this. Um, I do run D&D games. For those that are interested, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. Um, you can, uh, I'm not, you can like, comment, you know, whatever on our podcast. You can throw it on there and I'll see if I can't figure out how to, how to, you know, direct message, private message, however it is. And, uh, we can get you thrown into a game if, if that's something that you're interested in, but. It's not for everybody, but it was for me. It was for me. But um, a little update, because this episode has taken me a day or two to actually record because I'm not doing it at work. I'm actually doing it at home. Um, So uh, Denby is actually doing well. I actually saw him today. He's doing very good. And he should be back on his feet at work in our next work day. And you can look forward to hearing an episode from both of us. So that that sounds exciting. And I, I'm i not sure what this next episode that myself and Denvi are going to be doing. But with recent events, I can probably guess. But that's all for tonight. Thank you for listening. Again, you know, reach out, tell your friends about us. Like, subscribe, um, comment, rate, you know you want to get into a game with me let me know i'd be more than happy to pull you in you ain't even got to know anything i'll teach you everything you need to know and uh, we'll go about it but as denby would say 
God bless and you call we home.